Welcome back to the final episode. In this episode, we will wrap up by discussing key findings and connections. This podcast is called Funded, but this has proven to be a story about so much more than economic policy. By now, you've heard from three different schools across three different levels of rurality. You've heard from educators, administrators, parents, and community members. Despite different experiences and opinions, everyone shared common goals. They all want the best for their children and for all children in every community, even if that looks different. They are all Vermonters who are choosing to live in a rural state, even if they choose to live in a less rural town. Declining populations and school enrollment are underlying problems that Vermont as a whole is facing. For many communities, this means that schools are closing because they simply are not affordable. Smaller schools cost more. It doesn't make sense to keep physical buildings in use to serve such a small population. However, closing and consolidating schools also does not fix every problem. At Leicester, lack of communication between school governance boards and school faculty can create more problems. However, this problem did not occur across the board, as those at Virgen's felt as though the transition was smooth and the board listened to faculty needs most of the time. For larger schools like Middlebury, threat of school closure and consolidation in smaller schools in their district added fear of larger classrooms and greater needs without additional staffing. However, for all the schools sharing resources and staff proved to be a beneficial aspect of Act 46. But what I really found was that even though many people understood the reasoning behind Act 46, that didn't take away their sadness and pain of seeing a community center space disappear. For people like Carol Brigham and for Aaron Reed's extended family, the closure of a school felt sad. Yet both of these families have been longtime Vermonters, with generations of ties to the school building and the people connected to the space. Whereas for Erin Reed herself, a parent who is currently connected to the new school, she can see the benefits that come with more resources and a larger staff. The people in the school were often more present and positive about the transition, while those outside of the school or community members who did not have kids enrolled were often more negative about school closure. I went into this project expecting to see a clear difference in access to resources or quality of experience between a less rural and a more rural school. However, I think instead of stark differences, I found communities full of pride who felt their schools were enough. At Leicester, Principal Flurry and Brenna Kimball both recognized an increase in access to resources that occurred after Act 46. However, the size of a small school also added more stress. The size of the building could not easily take on that many new students or additional staffing. There were no more office spaces for special educators and counselors that were suddenly available. Another topic that came up was transportation. For Middlebury, they were within walking distance of most rec centers and short drives to doctor's offices. Kids were not missing half a day for a dentist appointment, whereas for Virgens, they were forced to travel far distances for small appointments that took kids out of the classroom for long periods of time. In terms of qualitative findings, I would include that my initial hypothesis was correct. It felt clear that small schools like Leicester, including the community of Whiting, felt a stronger dependence on the school as a source of community in comparison to Middlebury. For Tony Nemo, the hockey rink is his main source of community in the town, whereas for Betty Cram in Leicester, the school has been much more of a constant central focus for her family. Schools do serve as multifunctional spaces. 
They are physical structures with the purpose of educating the youth of a town. However, they also served as meeting places for parents, spaces to hold town meetings and events. In the end, these other functions resulted in key social capital shared amongst families and community members. Aaron Reed coaches sports at Virgen's Elementary and has been able to be involved with the school, know her kids' friends, and make friends with other parents, all of which takes place at the school building. After going through this process, there are definitely things that I would do differently looking back. If I were to go back and make changes or had more time to interview people, I would spend more time understanding the oppositional side to Act 46. Although there were hints of opposition, I didn't interview anyone who was aggressively against it, even though I know that side exists. This was partly because some of the parents I interviewed were recommended by the principal, who most likely had a bias in the decision-making, or parents didn't know enough about Act 46 to pick a side too strongly. Although I tried to find a variety of age and gender across those I interviewed, there is always room to improve. I wonder how answers to questions about accessibility would differ for parents of students of color, LGBTQ students, or students with disabilities. If I had more time, I would have liked to interview various types of staff at school or get different perspectives. During this process, I had to make choices. As in any long-term project, there is the urge to cover everything, to include every detail. But in the end, I found that having a narrow focus allowed for more depth. Throughout this project, I interviewed more people than I included in this final work. If I had more time, I would have loved to include these additional parents and voices from other schools. However, I did not feel I had enough voices to have a complete understanding of another school. I am also aware of the work being done in Vermont to adjust the way the state counts and weighs kids living in poverty or with IEPs in order to increase equitable funding. I had hoped to reach out to the main researchers of this project right here at the University of Vermont. However, due to scheduling and the need to narrow my focus, I chose not to include this work. Although it is important and groundbreaking, it is another topic for another podcast. I wanted to keep this project focused on the here and now and understanding the experiences of those in the present without focusing too far into the future. If I were to continue this work, I would love to understand what the future looks like and how weighted counting can improve access to resources and funding. Finally, I want to thank all of you for listening and experiencing the stories and findings of this project. I hope you walk away from funded feeling better educated about Vermont's history of public education funding systems, as well as the many narratives of small school communities. Thanks for listening.